0: Welcome to The Bank Marketing Show, the podcast that engages and informs you for success in today's marketplace. It's the show that will make you a better marketer with trends, tactics, and inspiration from experts and industry leaders. If you're wanting to impact your personal success and position your bank as the best choice in your market, you're in the right place. Now let's dive into today's show with your hosts, Chris and Dan. right welcome everybody to another episode of the bank marketing show um today we've got a really cool guest uh that Chris and I've been working with for a number of years uh we're going to get well into some topics around digital advertising and what banks should be doing and maybe shouldn't be doing um and and how to think about digital advertising as part of your program so um you know without further ado I'm excited to get into this so Chris welcome uh Shannon welcome i'll let uh know, Chris, dive in and and get us further in here. All right,
1: thanks, Dan. Great to see you, uh, Shannon. We are are very excited about having you. Uh, it, it's Thank it's you, uh,
0: yeah,
1: it's going to be a fun conversation today. So, I I want to give our our audience here kind of a, at least an idea of of who you are and um, and excited about our our digital advertising conversation today. Going to be really great and resourceful for everybody. So. Well, folks. So this is Shannon Dominguez. She is the one of the the senior directors and is a uh, director of client success with Breakthrough. You guys work with agencies across the country in digital advertising, and um, I know that your specialty areas in sales and consulting and and working directly with agencies in partnership is is a big part of that. And that's going to flow really well for our listeners into an understanding both of. Agency relationships and for community banks and, and others, how, how that can benefit them. And also just some great meat and potatoes around digital advertising. So I know that you're based in uh, Louisville, Kentucky. You're originally from New York and, uh, it, it's really great. Your, your husband, Chris and your son, Patrick, and, and you have a, a special announcement.
2: Yes. Yes. Expecting, so right. Patrick is going to be a big brother. We don't know the gender; it will be a surprise. But um, we are due at the end of uh, June, so very, very exciting to grow awesome. the grow the family. Congratulations! Here,
0: <laughs> you folks. Here first, people. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> That's right.
1: Yep. Fresh news. So, and that will be adding for you guys because you've got a rescue pup, you've got two horses. You guys are, are, are busy on top of your days spent uh, selling digital media and, and living in the digital media world.
2: For sure. And my end goal is to have an animal rescue someday. So, you know, digital advertising, I think, is just going to be the way to fund said animal rescue (laughs) or sanctuary. I think sanctuary is probably a better. I don't know if I could do the rescuing and give away, you know, the animals. So I think I'm just going to keep them all myself. But Mm. we'll see how that works with my husband's uh, game
1: plan. Kind of the we bought a zoo approach.
2: That is hopefully going to be my life here in the next few years. <laughs> it kind of already is, you know, a couple of animals, a couple of kids. So just hopefully more kids and more animals. <laughs> Love that.
1: Well, Shannon, uh, Danny, as you mentioned, uh, you guys have worked with both of our agencies for a, quite a number of years now. And because both of our agencies are focused on the bank marketing arena, uh, we began this conversation with you And and in fact, you guys had released some information that broadly was around digital advertising for 2023. We're recording this here at the beginning of the year and kind of forecast thinking. And so what directions are we going and all of that? So start us off, Shannon, just kind of with some of your thoughts around things that bank marketers and other marketers should really consider around digital, given our current uh, marketing environments.
2: For sure. I mean, I think you're spot on um, you know, the back half of last year, early this year, you know, a lot of shakeup in the industry, in the advertising industry, tech world, you know, those layoffs, uh, AI, chat GPT. I always get uh I'm really glad that I was able to get the out of the name properly because I always want to say like uh CPT or so I'm glad that I got chat GPT down. Um, but and also the, the current economic state as well. So when we think about how to spend in, in a recession um, or you know in an economic downturn, I think there's some things that we consider. We could probably do a whole topic on that, but we're going to avoid that because I wasn't so hot in econ uh, in my college classes. But one recent study did show that Americans are collectively sitting on like $1.7 trillion in excess savings that they kind of have saved up from the pandemic. So we know that there's a lot of savings there. I think they're going to start to, or I think they're going to continue to, you know, try to hold on to that. So what we're looking to do is, is try to highlight with our bank marketers, those offerings that are going to be low risk. Um, We saw a lot of CD advertising in 2022. I think that if, you know, people pulled back and, and kind of are starting to look at, um, mortgages, as we get into the spring, don't completely give up on your CD advertising as well. I think that, you know, they should continue to bring awareness to those arenas, um knowing that there's a lot of savings and people you know, looking to be in low risk uh, areas of of how to continue their investments,
0: yeah, there's definitely in banking, especially, there's definitely a lot of kind of going with the flow, right? Mortgage rates are up this year. so so, you know, understandably, a lot of banks backed off on that. Don't, you know, put the money, put the money into CDs, but we're figuring out things that work. There's still going to be excess savings, even if, you know, mortgage rates dip a little bit and that, and that market picks up. So, um, you know, we, we are a big, we're big proponents of don't, you know, don't put all your eggs in one basket. Like the more you can kind of spread it, um, spread it around, you know, the better. Uh, I know we had a recent episode on, you know, what, With the looming, you know, potential looming recession, a lot of banks try to pull back, you know, pull back, but we're proponents, I think you are too, of not doing that, sticking, you know, sticking with it and using it to find new opportunities.
2: For sure. No, I mean, Dan, you're spot on. Uh, There's one really good case study. If we look at uh, from, you know, breakthrough clients in 2020, we had a very uh, similar situation where, you know, you touch on a client wanted to pull back. Um, because of COVID, April 2020, they didn't want to keep their budget live. Um, they were, you know, obviously able to, they had revenue coming in. They, they didn't have to shut down their business completely. So we were able to convince them to keep 50% of their budget live. Um, they ended up gaining 24% market share over their competitors in that time because every competitor had that same idea that they initially had of, Let's pause our advertising. Hold on to our funds. Um, so I think that's a really good lesson. And if you do a quick Google search, you're going to find that uh, just about every large brand who has big market share continues to spend during a recession. They don't. They don't fear. They don't fear that. You know the the scare tactics of I need to stop. I need to save and, and keep all of our money. Instead, they're going. I'm going to beat out my competitors during this tough time. Another thing to think about is having a, a fluid budget. Because during this time, um, you know, so often we're we're thinking we want conversions, uh, and I think you know conversions are important, but also don't go dark with your awareness tactics because that's how you are going to get that brand awareness over your
0: competitors. Yeah, how how do you, um, you know, when you're planning a digital ad campaign, kind of how do you think about, you know, maybe talk a little more about like what you know awareness versus conversion? Because I think it's. You know, with banks, it's a little different. Like the the conversion typically takes a long time. It's a lot it's a big, you know, hassle to get people to switch. And, you know, a lot of it is that brand building. So how do you think about setting that up when you're planning a campaign?
2: Yeah, I think you're spot on. Um, I mean, I know that we've worked with plenty of strategies uh, for your, you know, local community banks and credit unions, mm-hmm. and you know, taking a look at, you know, what that budget should be. Um, I think that's kind of the first step is, you know, how how much budget do they have? Um, typically, banks spend about two percent of their retail sales. On their advertising efforts, but that's all advertising. So that's going to be their traditional, their grassroots efforts. So you know, typically, you know, Chris, Dan, when you guys come to us with you know some ideas, we're meeting collectively to determine you know what percentage of that two percent really gets dwindled down into uh, a digital budget. Mm-hmm. Uh, typically, we find around you know thirty to fifty percent of of the budget. Should be in digital tactics, and then from there, we're trying to understand what's their end goal. Uh, most of the time, it is you know that new new uh, customer, whether that's for a mortgage or a CD or a personal checking. But trying to build out the difference in, we know that most of them are going to walk in the door. They're probably not you know filling out a form or a phone call. So how do we get them in the door? What tactics do we have to use? You know, as you mentioned. You know, awareness. So, top of the funnel, get them familiar with your brand. So that's going to be your video, your your display ads, and then mid funnel, you know, some of your social tactics. Again, some some display ads, and then bring that down to a retargeting display ad um, and in paid search for the for those conversion tactics.
1: Shannon, do you do you think some of this is? I, I love your example of that that client that retained at least 50 percent of their spend um, during a, a time of fear. I mean let's go ahead and say it. and so uh, so do you pull back or do you take advantage of the opportunity to stay ahead of your competition or or potentially outrun them in the case study that you mentioned? So that's great. Uh, and so i was I was looking at this and and I'll share this with, with you guys and actually the audience as well but there was a recent uh american bankers association survey and one of the things that they were looking at is what type of business model are you using and out of 150 marketers that were surveyed 45 of them said they were just sustaining you know but 78 of them said they were in high growth mode so i think so much of this and particularly in the digital advertising world because it 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 moves and we can be responsive and get out there in front quickly and those types of things is kind of what's the what's the mindset, you know, of 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 your bank. So I wanted to throw that out there for our listeners and and say, you know, if you're looking to just sustain where you are, that's one thing. But Shannon, you mentioned, you know, growing market share. And I know that's what we hear our clients chomping at the bit to do. Um, so you know, at, as they do that, there's so many opportunities in those strategies out there. And I love that you kind of ran through so many of those those different tactics. Your your team helped us with strategizing with one of our Louisiana clients not too long ago, who has been in, in SEM and display tactics for, for quite a while now. And, you know, they happened to mention to us in, in one of our check-in meetings with them, but they just didn't feel like they were getting anything out of their local radio spend and some other things and all of that. And we were like, "Well, wait a wait a minute, you know what? What if we? It, you're dying to 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 be on audio. What if you put we put you on some streaming audio so you're out there, you know, and and some streaming video and all that? And they they're they're biting into that a little bit and they're seeing the the benefits of moving those directions. So uh, and and while what we found out is a lot of their local competitors are pulling back on their spend and they're diversifying their, their tactics. So we're like, man, let's go. And I, I think that's a great point.
2: For sure. And I think you're going to see a lot of that, um, you know, moving forward, there's an opportunity to gain 10% new customers. Big Big banks are basically, you know, the frustrations from those big banks. So you're spot on. Where are we going to gain those? Most banks are doing some type of paid search or some type of, you know, display ads, but you're right. They're probably not doing those upper funnel tactics because those are, you know, a little more costly. They don't see the immediate conversions. So, you know, when we start to look at that audience of, you know, the bank switchers. You 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 hit spot on where they're where they're getting their information from, and it is that you know generating that brand awareness play. So I think that it was seventy six percent are more likely to respond to uh, an ad when um, they're served on a podcast. So hey, maybe some of our uh, listeners. <laughs> Or some of our banks want to, you know, start to sponsor this podcast. Um, I swear the guys didn't pay me to say that. <laughs> and then fifty-four uh, percent are more likely to than the average person to respond to a bank ad when it's seen on, like you said, streaming TV or some type of online video. So I think as banks look to try to figure out how do I gain market share do it from an awareness standpoint. And Dan, you know, you made a good point. It's such a, a, a slow conversion cycle. Um, so you have to kind of think of, you know, using these tactics 3, 6, 12 months out.
0: What? Well, yeah, I think something, something really interesting tends to happen in the mind of bankers when you start talking about digital, right? Because it's so... Because digital advertising is so trackable, right? You, if you're doing a newspaper ad, you don't know who looks at it. Nobody comes like waving the newspaper into the bank saying, I want this deal... But digital, you you track clicks and you track you know engagement um, with it. You track video views, and so I think when that happens, you know, if you're not in the space, uh, the digital space, day in and day out, you tend to think, well, hey, this isn't you know this isn't working. We're not getting that many clicks. But the point of the point of a lot of your digital ad should be awareness which is like equivalent to the billboard or the newspaper ad. So you might not get the clicks, but you get that you get that brand awareness and you know then you get you might get more traffic. And the people coming in might not know, oh I saw your ad because they've actually seen it 30 times over 6 months mm-hmm. and they just kind of inherently know your brand and then they when when it comes time to switch, you know, you're top of mind. But you know I think the the bigger point is too that like for a bank I work with so many banks that like it will spend a million dollars or more on a brick and more new brick and mortar location, right? Which is important for their growth. And a lot of people will switch banks based on where the branches are, but if you're not also on digital, you're pretty just invisible and irrelevant to the younger generations that you want to attract. Even if they drive by your branch every day, right? But they never see you on digital, you're, you know, you seem, you seem stodgy and, you you these banks spend a million dollars or more on a, on a brick and mortar branch, but then you know it's it's a struggle to get them to spend a thousand dollars a month or you know, something small on digital that would just kind of enhance their enhance their footprint. Yeah, anyway, I'm on a I'm on a little soapbox there, but
2: No, um, honestly, I you're spot on because. I think that so often we think we need a brick and mortar location. And that's, if we think about it, the baby boomers are more likely and the older generations are more likely to go to a brick and mortar location. And I think that uh, one statistic that I saw recently is most bank customers live within a three mile radius of their bank. But we're forgetting that so many of the uh, statistics show that the younger generations are doing it all online. So they don't need to live within a three mile radius anymore anymore as long as we're hitting those individuals with display or video or audio ads, they will find out about your brand. And like you mentioned, they probably are still driving by your brand location, but they're they're not going to stop in the same way that the older generation is. Well, Well, we're
0: not, you know, I don't think any of us are, we're not advocating like forget brick and mortar and go all digital advertising, but like it's a balance. It's, you know, um, you know, you, if you want the brick and mortar to attract older generations that do come into the branch and have, you know, have more savings, good. But like, you know, the same in the same breath, a lot of uh, digital marketing planning comes to to reaching those younger the younger generation. And you know, we haven't. I think we'll dive into social soon, but you know, just purely from the advertising standpoint, you just have to get your brand out there and make it make yourself viable.
2: For sure. Yeah. I think that, you know, so often, like we've said, is you want that brick and mortar, you want the older generation because that's where the money is. But we're forgetting that that younger generation is, you know, about to start to take over, Uh, you know, in a lot of economic areas. Um, So I think you make a good point of how do you reach them? And like you mentioned, social is probably the way to go. And that's kind of the future of the the marketing to younger generations. Um one thing that I heard two weeks ago and uh, and then I started to do more research on it is, um, and I will be honest, I am not a TikToker. I do not have an account, but <laughs> I heard that TikTok is now uh, over 40% of US users ages 18 to 24 are finding their information by um, doing a search on TikTok or Instagram versus Google. So it's... While we don't think of TikTok as a search engine, it's becoming a search engine. Mm. Um, so if I'm a bank marketer and I hear that statistic, I'm calling one of you guys or both of you guys and saying, how are we going to you know, reach that younger generation on TikTok? Are we going to do organic content? Are we going to do paid content? Are we going to do a blend of both?" I think that that's something that, like I mentioned, I'm not on it. I guess that's because I'm 34. So I don't fit. I'm 10 years too uh, too old to fit into that category. But how... And obviously, I'm an anomaly, I guess. I think all my you know friends my age are actually on TikTok. But how are we going to reach them if I'm a bank marketer? I, I think that I'm going Instagram, TikTok... And I think most banks know, you know, Facebook tick or sorry, Facebook Instagram, they're not thinking TikTok, especially because, you know, if you're a local brand, you don't have a a very large budget. Like you mentioned, you have the budget to build a brick and mortar, but you're forgetting that hey, you know, maybe you put, you know, 15, 20,000 a month or not a month or maybe a month. <laughs> Choose your budget uh, again to that back to that 2% of your bakery retail sales, but, you know, Putting some money aside to to figure out how to build out some some TikTok content, I think would be very helpful if if you're looking at it from a perspective of how do I reach that younger generation.
0: Well, that, I think the the really interesting thing about TikTok, and um, you know, I saw an article and recently too that was talking about how most Gen Zers spend most of their time on YouTube. Right, it's probably a combination, but it's all it's all video driven. And but I think the biggest difference for banks to realize is it's not just videos. You're not just like getting an exec to say here's the benefits of a savings account. Right? It's it's much more like user generated entertainment, you know, infotainment type of stuff that, um, but done in a very you know done in a very authentic way. So it's it's for banks, especially, I think it's hard, right? You can say, "Yeah, we need to be on TikTok," but it's really hard to actually do it. How do you get? How do you create that content that's you know that's authentic and relevant to the younger generation? Um, you know, if you're struggling to reach them in the first place, or this is your for your first kind of foray into into digital. Yeah, you know, one of the things that that
1: through this conversation we keep touching on too really goes back to versatility in 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 what. It is that in the digital realm we're we're able to do. So we're not signing a 12-month contract for an outdoor board. We're not, you know, committing to a whatever contract on print or whatever. And again, it's not to to put down other platforms, but what it is, Shannon, and I know you guys see so much of this that versatility can either be in product or service exchange, like early in the conversation, you mentioned. You know, hitting CDs and those types of things, those rates can change. Those things can, you know, and, and, you know, we, we may talk to one of our bank clients that says, Hey, we need to switch this, you know, switch this out or, or, or change this part on our landing page that these digital ads are going to. I and mean, we can do that in, give me two hours, you're done. You know, or some of those changes, that type of thing. So it, it's around product and service versatility, but it's also, I love that you brought this up too around audience versatility. You know, and um, Dan, whether it's on YouTube or Google or social or wherever it is, we're able to go to our audiences as marketers, I think, so much better than traditional advertising, which took, you know, probably more repeated touches and in a lot of ways could be much more expensive. You know, Shannon, you just mentioned, mentioned budget several times too, but... I mean, the truth is you can do be far more targeted and and sometimes much more efficient in your budget spend. But anyway, my point is, do you see a lot um, from us agency folks that are doing this on behalf of our bank clients that really are taking advantage of that versatility?
2: For sure. I think that you're spot on and on how quickly we can change your rate, especially if you know you're advertising that in social copy, you know, that's a, that's a one to, you know, two hour turnaround, like you mentioned. Um, if you need, you know, websites updated, I I've seen, you know, you're two of the best at, you know, the website, uh, advertising for banks. And I know how quickly you and your team can turn that around. So you're spot on with rates. I mean, typically within 24 hours, you have that new rate live where, you know, you're not having to reach out to a TV station to get, you know, the ad swapped or like you mentioned the billboard. I mean, forget, forget those days or print, And like you mentioned, obviously those all help. uh, All those tactics help the digital campaign as well. So there's there's definitely a place for it. Um, Not saying to completely pause all your traditional marketing, but I do I do think that there's you know a lot more flexibility and versatility. And your like you mentioned, your audience targeting your you know ability to make changes on the fly. And then you know one thing that we haven't touched on is you know the ability to start retargeting um, off of you know users that visit the website that have seen an ad but haven't taken action. So there's a lot of, you know, capabilities that we that we can, you know, retarget and, you know, drive that person because so often, you know, you, as you mentioned, you need to see an ad. They might have seen an ad 60 times, but they're going to say that it's because they drove by and at, you know, that moment they drove by and realized that you're 3 miles away and they need a mortgage. Um they're not going to say it was, you know, the 60 different types of ads they saw over the course of the last 6 months.
0: <laughs> yeah. You you bring up an interesting point of like doing retargeting ads. I think another area where a lot of banks struggle is just how to do this stuff. Like we start working with a lot of banks that, well, we we ran a Google ad. You know, we ran an AdWords ad, or we ran a Facebook ad, and it just didn't work. It didn't do anything, right? But they they did it themselves. It was kind of a you know low priority kind of thing. And I think the you know to to do a retar- you know, a retargeting ad in, a, in an efficient way, or to to make your you know Google ads and your Facebook ads kind of sing, it takes a concerted effort. It's not just you know, Facebook and Google. It's in their best interest to make it easy to throw a credit card in, type in a couple banking related terms, and let it you know make a smart campaign and do all the things for you. But that's not necessarily the most efficient way to do it. And I think that's why you know that's I, I by, like, uh, you know that's why like Chris and I started working with Breakthrough is. You guys live in these platforms all day and know this stuff in and out and I, I've been in digital advertising for 20 some odd years but I, I you know I'm not in the platforms every day so i I can talk the strategy I can talk the you know the the media mix and and help make the plans but um I think digital marketings at a point today where it's just you need somebody that knows how to optimize the campaigns and I think for retargeting is a really simple thing to do, but I wanted to make the point that it's You know, it's only simple if you have the right kind of partner. It's actually hard to set up yourself, but it's really easy to do if you've got a partner to work with.
2: For sure. I mean, there's a lot of money that you can waste, like you mentioned, just by, you know, setting up a campaign and forgetting it and, you know, not having proper parameters or optimizations. There's that human element. So often, I think that the tech platforms say like, well, it's easy to, you know, let our algorithm do the work you need both you need a human and an algorithm working together monitoring and optimizing accordingly
1: that's a great thought there and and it you guys are talking about the expertise that we as as marketers and as digital marketers can can give to our clients so it's dan it's kind of that question is does a does a bank marketing director need to be spending intense amounts of time learning how to get into those digital ad placement platforms and how to run them most efficiently and touching them constantly and and moving spend because certain geographies or certain audiences are doing better? you know uh, or do they need to be you know uh talking with their c-suite folks and when working around strategy and and you know uh those type of things well the answer is b they need to be spending that time around that and let all of us do the do the technical
0: work in that, correct? Yeah. Well, well, Shannon, you can respond to that too, but I, just to add in, yeah, focus your time on the messaging, focus your time on your, your brand of differentiators as a bank, but hiring somebody or spending time learning, you know, the Google Ads UI or the Facebook Business Manager UI, which is, you know, a time suck for anybody, <laughs> even the experts, it's just not... It should not be core to the, you know, the, what a bank marketer does.
2: For sure. And I think that, you know, to expand on that also, there's so many, like you mentioned, the, the frustrations that you experience in those UIs and the customer service that you sometimes, uh, you know, the frustrations that you feel when you have an issue and you can't get a hold of, you know, your, your Google rep. And I'm not knocking Google or, or your Facebook rep. I'm not knocking them. But obviously, they have a lot larger fish to fry than, you know, some of the budgets that that we work within. So that, you know, being said, I think, you know, having that expert that knows how to fix that without having to reach out to, you know, our Google rep or, you know, when we do get to that problem, you know, we spend enough that, you know, maybe when we raise our hand, we're listened to a little bit, you know, more closely. Um, So I think that, you know, you're spot on if you are, if you're spending money as a bank marketer, or you are the bank marketer that's in that platform, or you're the C-suite that's, you know, paying someone to run your Google ads. You're probably, you know, actually losing money because of the time uh, that it's requiring your team. It's just not, you know, as, they can't be as efficient as someone that that's their sole job.
0: Yeah, not and and you know, we try to not be salesy on this podcast, but whether it's you know a breakthrough or whether it's you know somebody on Fiverr, what you're kind of looking for is like somebody that spends their you know most of their time in that platform. Uh, because it changes, right? I mean, probably since since we started recording this, there's been like multiple changes to the Google Ads platform, mm-hmm. and it's you know requesting verification and doing all these things that take so much time and um uh, and effort to navigate, and you know it's only getting more complicated. So yeah, uh, and, and you know Shannon, you mentioned a little while ago too about the set it and
1: forget it, and Dan, I think that's so much of what you and I see out there and and some of that may be some of these community banks and they're using their local media company that has been the at one time was a daily and now is a weekly or an every other week newspaper or whatever the case may be who has gotten into digital advertising. So what I'm seeing out there in most of those situations is those media companies are running digital ads for a tire shop, a bakery and a bank. They're you know, kind of doing it the same way, and you know that's way off from. I and mean, don't you agree, Dan? It's, no, it's it so me, way off from what crazy. we see
0: working in
1: banking all day it, Even and knowing the, how to do it.
0: Yeah, I mean, even we, you know, we run some a couple radio campaigns on one of the big. You know, there's like three big radio companies, not the not the little local stations, but the big national ones. There's like three companies that do it, and even those big stations are constantly trying to upsell us on hey we'll run we'll run digital advertising for you but like when you look at it what it really is is they put some banner ads on the radio's website it, but like you know that's not a digital ad you know campaign for a bank right no. if it's if it's cheap maybe it gets you a little bit of exposure but that's not that's not going to you know make everything ROI positive so you know I, I think there's a lot of a lot of those like upsells and and other things that um, other you know traditional advertising companies are trying to do to maintain the relevancy, but it's a lot different than running a retargeting campaign off your off of your website. yeah, it's so just it just comes down to the tactics, but the I, I think the the traditional companies tend to tend to call it like, we'll run a digital campaign for you, but it sounds a lot more grander. Than it is. For
2: sure, and you're spot on. I mean, look, ask to see the site list, and you'll realize that they're really not site agnostic. So, like you mentioned, they're on you're you're just on their you know website. You're not you know on all the other sites that your user is most likely visiting, not just those three radio sites. <laughs> yeah,
0: yeah. I think that I think the big if, if I was if I'm summing that up for you know for the show notes or whatever, yeah, I, I think the, the the takeaway is like you know find a partner find a platform that lets you run advertising i love that term site agnostic just everywhere right and then you know make sure that that partner's is incentivized on on your campaign performing not on you spending on a particular platform if you if you run google ads google is incentivized to get you to spend more money on their platform even if the best bet for your bank is to spend some on facebook or spend some on site retargeting um, but if you have a partner, or if you or if you work with, uh, there's some self service platforms out there too. If you work with one of those that lets you, you know, lets you run anywhere, then then all these options we've been talking about this whole episode, you start retargeting, you know, streaming audio, all those things are part of the, you know, part of the plan. Mm-hmm. Um, and to be a well rounded, you know, digital bank marketer, you need, you know, you need to have all that stuff in mind. Just go back to that. Go back to that point of just throwing five hundred bucks towards Google Ads to see what it does. Is it's not going to work, and right? Be- and then saying, ah, "We tried
1: digital advertising; yeah. it didn't really work for us." So, yeah, yeah. And I know you and I've heard that story many times. Yeah, but dig- I mean,
0: you yeah. know, if they roll that out twenty years. That's not. That's not a sustainable strategy. You're saying, "Yeah, it didn't work for us," and now we're just never going to do it again because everything's only getting more and more digital, right? So, yeah. there's a few of those local newspapers left. But if you look back 10, 15 years, there was a ton more. And if you look forward 10, 15 years, it's going to be even more bleak. So, you know, as a bank, you've been around 100 years. You want to be around another 100. You know, go with with the times. Love that. Well, Shannon,
1: uh, we knew this was going to be resourceful, engaging, helpful. I know that our audience has been able to kind of soak in some, some great takeaways from this. I loved kind of your forecasting for where we are and, and the year. And then uh, you used the words steel market share. I, I I bet there were some that kind of reached over and turned their, turn their volume <laughs> up. What'd she, what'd she say? Steel market share. You know, that's a, <laughs> yeah, that, that's a big one. So, so thanks for sharing those thoughts and talking about, you know, uh, Versatility, and you gave us some great case study examples too that I think our audience can really kind of sink their sink their teeth into, and and uh, attracting younger crowds and lots of things that we covered. So, um, so thanks so much for for sharing all of this with us
2: of course of course and obviously you two are are very well versed in this industry and i think that you know your clients and future clients will continue to you know all of your knowledge that you share will it will continue to just help them grow and like you said steal market share and reach the younger audiences so and you guys are two of the best in the game A lot thank it. you well
1: um yeah, uh, Shannon. We we love to take guests through a, a, a lightning round to kind of wrap up the episode and get us to, to let us know a little bit more about you, how you operate, uh, kind of kind of what you're about. So uh, yeah, so Dan, you wanna you wanna run Shannon through?
2: I, I bet should. she can
0: handle the gauntlet here.
2: Yeah.
0: <laughs> <laughs> All right, uh, Shannon. Share a uh, can you share a personal best or business best or both?
2: So yeah, I'll I'll do both. How about that? Uh, personal best is I think just being a mom, a working mom. I think that probably so many of your listeners can can relate to that or a working parent at that. I, I always thought that I wanted to be a stay-at-home mom. And I don't want to make this look like uh, how everyone on Instagram looks at parenting is an easy or is easy because it's not. But I am proud to you know have found a way to stay pretty balanced. And I'm very thankful for Breakthrough for having that flexibility as a company to you know, allow us to work remotely and to you know not have to spend a long hours commuting, uh, picking my kid up from daycare, um, things like that. So you know, being a a a working mom, I'm very proud of that personal best and. Um, business best, I think, you know, I was actually Breakthrough's first employee in 2017. So while, while I'm proud of my own personal growth and um I didn't actually have a sales career prior to joining uh Breakthrough, so you know, very thankful for them giving me that opportunity and having been able to hit revenue goals and sales numbers that I didn't even think were possible, but I'm actually more proud to say that I'm the first employee of a company that within five years has been able to be on the Inc. 5000 as one of the fastest growing companies. So that's just been a really exciting and fun ride.
0: Awesome. How about favorite book or other resource?
2: So... I wish that I could say that I'm like really, really great at reading up on like industry trends. Uh, I love to read, but, it, you know, I think since I spent so much of my day doing digital advertising, I'm a nonfiction lover. So I love like an inspiring story. Uh, I think I've already read four books so far this year and what we're only in the second week of G- or second week of February. Um favorite recent book that I've read is actually Life is So Good by George Dawson. He's a man who grew up in the early 1900s and learns to read at 98 years old. Um, so he kind of takes you through, you know, what he saw as an individual um, in, you know, throughout his life and how he remained positive no matter what life threw at him. So it's just served as a really good reminder of, you know, you're only as happy as you make your mind up to be. So, you know, if you're just looking for a really good heartwarming story, he doesn't sugarcoat, you know, any of his bad experiences, but, you know, always sees the positive in, you know, what life threw at him.
0: Let's got to try that one. Yeah, I'm a a big advocate of like reading something different. Do something different with your mind than what you do all day. So that, that sounds like a good... Good story to pick up. Um, all right. What's the most impactful piece of advice you've ever gotten?
2: So I think that, you know, I look back at my um, high school cross country coach and he had all these funny one liners like, don't waste a heartbeat. So basically, you know, kind of that stay positive take every day, you know, as if from a positive standpoint or, um, you know, work hard work over time beats talent. Um so I love you know those little mantras that have carried me through even into the working world. But I think you could also you could also argue that when Jeff Hasted in 20 I think it was 2016 he tells me you should go into sales and i'm like absolutely not um but you know over time i i let him wear me down and convinced me not only to uh go into sales but actually go into sales at his startup and it has completely changed you know my life my career trajectory i would have never met you know either of you if i hadn't gone into sales so um also probably one of the best career advice, you know, pieces of advice that I, that I could have received.
0: How about the opposite of that? Something you always tell your team or your clients?
2: So this is, um, from, from a team perspective. And I mean, obviously a lot of my clients are, are ad agencies. So, you know, you have clients as well. Um, so, I always try to say to find a way to put the clients first without sacrificing your own well-being. I think that in our world, mm. um, we don't work in medicine. We're not, you know, saving lives per se. You know, there's no, you know, ER emergency, but there's ad emergencies and you know, trying to, you know, make sure that we're putting the client first, but not getting, you know, to the point where we get burnt out and we're like, why are we doing digital advertising? <laughs> Um, so, you know, always, I love that client first mentality, but also, you know, make sure that, you know, you have a good work-life balance.
0: Love that. Love it. Well, yeah, you survived the gauntlet. How How can, uh, <laughs> how can people get in touch with you, learn more about you, learn more about Breakthrough?
2: So I will say that Breakthrough has a great social media following, LinkedIn, um, Facebook, Instagram, um, I touched on it. I don't have a TikTok and I don't do a good job at my LinkedIn or even like my social media content. Um, So best way to get in touch with me is email. Um, I think that you know best way to get in touch with breakthrough follow us on LinkedIn um, some of my colleagues do a really really good job of just keeping people up to date on the trends and obviously like you mentioned the whole reason that we' are, we're sitting here is because of the breakthrough newsletter that you all received and you don't have to be a breakthrough client to sign up for that as well. so um check us out on LinkedIn and and get you know signed up for our newsletter. Love that.
1: Well, and we'll put that contact information in the in the show notes uh, in the episode on bankmarketingshow.com, Shannon so that folks can reach out to you and uh, man, we can't tell you how much we appreciate you being with us today and and imparting uh, your time and wisdom with us. so we we really do appreciate it.
2: Well, thanks again for having me, and you know always a pleasure to sit down and chat, you know with you guys.
1: Love it. thanks yeah. so much, Shannon. And best of luck with the new baby too.
2: Thank you. Yes, thanks so much. (laughs) Thanks for joining us.
0: To go deeper or get access to some of the valuable nuggets from today's show, go to bankmarketingshow.com. There you'll find episodes, links to resources, and much more. Be sure to subscribe wherever you find your podcasts. And join us next time.